Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks 108 to 117 loss to Brooklyn Nets. DeAndre Hunter explodes for his first huge performance of the season, but Kevin Durant has his own explosion at the end of the third quarter, and the Nets are able to ride that to a victory in Brooklyn. Without further ado, let's get into it. Well, if the Brooklyn Nets are going to hit 22 three-pointers and shoot over 45% on that many three-pointers, it's going to take a lot more than what the Hawks did to beat them. This was a fun game. At the beginning, it looked like we were going to get a really big night from Trey Young. He opened up with 11 points in the first period. But I did think that the Hawks could have ultimately won that first period, and they had a bunch of turnovers. They had four in total that really prevented them from building any sort of lead. The Nets would take the lead at the end of the first quarter. In fact, that was a reoccurring theme in this game that the Brooklyn Nets really took advantage of the ends of quarters and were able to build leads in that time and really carry momentum from one period to the next. But the Hawks were outscored 28 to 35 in that first quarter. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge came in off the bench and really sparked the Brooklyn second unit. He was also joined by former Hawk DeAndre Bembry who has put in a lot of work. He hit a three-pointer and a couple free throws, which are things that he struggled with when he was in Atlanta. But it was fun to see um, DeAndre, especially on a throwback night at Brooklyn. They had a, a throwback court and were wearing throwback uniforms. And DeAndre Bembry is sort of a throwback player. So to see his 95 on that jersey and see his game and as much as it's progressed. But unfortunately... He was part of the run that helped push the lead for the um, Nets from being down six. The Hawks had built a six-point lead to being down. The, Haw the Hawks found themselves down seven at the end of the first quarter. The Hawks would come back, and I thought that the second unit did a little bit of a good job of getting back into this game. But ultimately, the Hawks would outscore the Nets 31-26 to in the second quarter. Um, they would have gone into halftime with a lead, but James Harden, who had a pretty terrible first half, hit his first three-pointer, um, which pushed the Brooklyn lead to two, where they led 61-59 to at halftime. Um, and so you had to feel good as a Hawks fan going in that they'd really played the um, Nets to a standstill. A two-point deficit is nothing in the NBA. And in fact, uh, Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter had both started to have really good nights. Um, DeAndre Hunter in particular would finish with a huge night. He played 33 minutes, um, finished with 26 points on 10 of 11 shooting. He was six of six from the three point line. All of his teammates were finding him, whether it was in the corner or the top of the key. And you could tell that DeAndre Hunter was just really feeling it. He was talking to Kevin Durant, kind of talking to all the uh, Nets players. He was also getting into it a little bit with uh, Joe Harris, who is a player both of those guys went to UVA, and so I think it was fun for them to go back and forth. And Joe Harris would have a very good game as well, um, especially shooting the three ball. But uh, DeAndre Hunter would finish with those 26 points, two rebounds, one of them offensive. He didn't have any assists, and I think both he and Cam Reddish have been very aggressive on playing defense. And if they're getting the ball, going to the basket. Uh, one example of this was DeAndre had a massive dunk where he – had uh, Blake Griffin switched out on him. He took his time and set Blake Griffin up and then went right down the middle of the court, 
down the lane and threw down a massive dunk on Blake Griffin. And the commentator, I thought, did a nice job of saying he DeAndre Hunter, Blake Griffin to Blake Griffin. But uh, at the same time, DeAndre Hunter had zero assists and four turnovers. And the turnovers for the Hawks were really killer. Again, I think if they had played a clean first quarter, they leave that quarter up six or up four. Um, but they find themselves down seven at the end of the first quarter. And uh, Hunter was part of that. He stepped out of bounds on one. He dribbled off his foot for another one. Um, so that's one area you'd like to see it clean up. He did have one block. He had a block of KD in the mid-range, which is a shot that is almost seems impossible that it can be defended. And DeAndre Jordan was right there. But uh, DeAndre Hunter was right there and was able to get his hand on it and block it. And it was just it's great to see. DeAndre Hunter playing good basketball and to see him so effusive and um, really has a, have a smile on his face and just playing so well. But uh, the Hawks would, you know, this game would be tied at 75 in the third quarter with about four and a half minutes to go. And then Kevin Durant just exploded. He was hitting three pointers. He was getting to the mid range. There's just not a lot to you can do as a, a team aside from maybe quadruple teaming him to get uh to stop Kevin Durant from putting the ball in the basket. And he would finish the third quarter making a three-pointer as Cam Reddish was literally all up in his jersey. Um, and that three-pointer pushed a third quarter to that the Nets outscored the Hawks 34-20. to um, And that 14-point difference, that would push their lead to 16 going into the fourth quarter. And the Hawks did a really nice job of immediately kind of cutting that lead back down to 10. And kind of any time that it felt like this lead would get to was going to, you know, get to 20 points and maybe balloon. The Hawks didn't let that happen. Kevin Herter, again, had a really strong game. And the Hawks seemed to have a three-pointer that, again, kept them right around um, a 10-point deficit. But they could never really break through. And um, Patty, M- Patty Mills, Joe Harris again, and uh, James Harden, who got going in the second half, all really held the Hawks at bay, and I never thought that the Hawks' offense really got in rhythm. Um, the Hawks would only score over 30 points in one quarter, that second quarter that was really the only, the only quarter they um, made their move. They did outscore the uh, Nets 29-22 to in the fourth quarter and were able to make things a little bit more respectable, but at the end of the game, the Nets were really just trying to run the clock out, and the Hawks were, were getting better shots, but Um, There's no shame in going up in Brooklyn and losing, but to have an effort where Joe Harris had multiple open looks, there was something going on in the defense where Trey Young was just leaving his man, who was Joe Harris, to go help with another defender. And Joe Harris is one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Um, Joe would finish 6 of 10, 6 of 8 from his three-point line for 18 points. He had six rebounds and one block. You can't let Joe get eight eight shots up. One quote this performance reminds me of is when the Hawks were playing against the Celtics and they had the Hawks had Kyle Corver on the team and Brad Stevens was asked about Kyle Corver and he's like, You gotta treat this guy as somebody who can go off for thirty because if you let him get enough shots up, he's going to do that. And with Joe Harris, uh, Harden, and Kevin Durant, those are all guys that can do that. And Joe in particular, he's going to get most of his shots as spot-up three-pointers. And I thought the Hawks leaving him was something that just can't happen going forward. Uh, Harden would finish the game 5 of 14, 5 of 11 on his three-pointers, 
just had one free throw attempt, but he finished with 16 points and 11 assists early. That first half was bad for him shooting, but he had eight assists, it seemed like, pretty much in the first quarter, and that was how he was able to keep um, the Nets in it and how he was able to keep his minutes afloat uh, while he was out on the court. Kevin Durant, 13 of 20 for 32 points, two just two of six on his three-pointers, just four of six on his free throws, but that end of the third quarter flurry really stung the Hawks and was able to really provide a cushion for this Nets team and allow them to come out with a, a win. Um, after the game, he was asked about, you know, what did he do? What did he think about the offensive performance? And KD just really wanted to talk about the defensive performance and the way that the Nets were able to really frustrate the Hawks. Um, looking at the two teams' statistics, the Hawks didn't shoot the ball terribly. They shot 41 of 94 from the field, um, just over 43% from the field. They shot 13 of 35 from three-point land, 38%, very respectable. But then when you compare that to 22 of 48, 22, the Nets shot 22 of 48. Over half of the shots that the Nets shot were three-pointers. Um, that is good for just under 46% from three-point land. Um, the ball was moving for the Nets. They'd finished the game with 34 assists. I mean, that's something I'd hope that the Hawks could get to. Getting 34 assists on 43 made baskets is just incredible ball movement. Uh, early in this game, again, LaMarcus Aldridge stepped out. And after not really being a three-point shooter down in San Antonio, for him to come out and hit a couple three-pointers, that's not the, something you're going to expect. Uh, DeAndre Bembry hitting a three-pointer is not something that's going to happen a ton. But the Nets were moving the ball around and got to hit a lot of baskets. And so while the Hawks, you know, they made 41 shots compared to the Brooklyn's 41 shots, the three-point disparity, when you're able to hit nine more three-pointers than the other team, that's just 27 points right there. Um, you know, nine more points than the same number of two-pointers. So, uh, really good offense from the Brooklyn Nets. Both teams had 14 turnovers. Uh, I thought a place that the Nets really hurt the Hawks was in fast break points. They outscored the Hawks there, 28-17. The Hawks bench, which has been a strength for them, was outscored 27-34. Um, the one area that the Hawks did have an advantage is in the paint where they outscored uh, Brooklyn 48 to 20 to 28. That 20 point difference is huge. But then when you get outscored on the three point line by 27 points, the Hawks still found themselves down seven in that proposition. The Hawks only had 23 assists. They did out rebound the Nets 52 to 42, but that's the Nets were shooting the ball so well there just weren't a lot of rebounds. And then the Hawks did a nice job of getting at the free throw line. Trey Young again is starting to figure out ways to get to the free throw line. He was seven of eight on his free throw attempts. Um, Clint Capella made all three of his free throws. John Collins got to the free throw line, so it was really nice to see the Hawks continue to find a way to get to the free throw line, which is something that helped make their team last year so effective and something that they're going to need to lean on going forward. So we talked about DeAndre Hunter, Trey Young after that hot, hot start in the first quarter where he had 11 points would finish with 21 points, just six of 22 from the field, two of six on his three pointers, including one really deep three pointer. Um, I think Trey needs to still figure out the rhythm of taking that deep three pointer, especially early in the shot clock. In particular, in the postseason last year, 
the Bucks were able to kind of figure that out where his defender would just kind of wave at him as he took that shot and then get behind him. And if there was a long rebound, they they could the Bucks could pass the ball to his defender and get an easy layup. And it sometimes just ruins the flow of the offense. And I understand try, Trey's trying to make a big shot. Early in this game, he hit a bit a deep one that, that does swing some momentum. But when it gets to crunch time, when the Hawks are down 10, taking that early shot can feel like a six-point swing or something like that. So um, just two of six on the three-pointers. He had nine rebounds. Trey flirted with a triple-double in this one, three of them offensive. Um, he had 10 assists, just two turnovers. Um, and in a game where the Hawks lost by nine points, Trey was just minus two. So it was a solid effort from Trey, but w- just one that I know he can he can perform better, and that's what I'm going to spe- expect going forward. John Collins continued to get a couple assists. He had some really nice passes to Clint Capella. Capella finished one of them in a spectacular fashion where he got one hand on the ball but wasn't able to pull it in kind of passed it to his other hand and finished it that way. But JC would finish five of 14 from the field for 13 points, just one of five on his three pointers. He did have 12 boards and two assists uh, and two blocks. Bogdan Bogdanovich, just three of 10 from the field would finish with eight points. He made his only free throw, had four rebounds, uh, one assist, but he did have three steals. Um, and then Clint Capella, Five of eight from the field, made all of his free throws, would finish with 13 points, 16 rebounds for the, those offensive. Off the bench, we didn't get our normal Reddish. Reddish would just have two points. He did have two assists. But Kevin Herter was really the big guy off the bench for the Hawks. He would finish seven of nine from the field, two of two on three-pointers, a rebound, an assist to just two turnovers, um, and finish with those 16 points. It was really good to see Red Velvet after taking a game off, getting some rest, come back, and really play well. It's also good to see Nate McMillan trying to mix up lineups. The Nets play a strange or just a different style of basketball where they're not a lot of big guys. And even if they have big guys, they're still playing like a 5-8-5 out style. All players around the perimeter um, and kind of some of their quote-unquote big men are actually smaller players like Bruce Brown or DeAndre Bembry who are doing a lot of cuts to the basket rather than having like a big man in the paint all the time and so Nate McMillan was mixing up his his matchups having uh, starters mixed in with second uh, team players and I thought that was a really good to see Nate McMillan willing to experiment, especially in the regular season. It's going to be important for the Hawks to understand what all of the makeup can be for their team who who is a good match with other players on the team and so it's good to see mcmillan willing to uh experiment and mix the guys up i think having a small lineup where cam reddish and deandre hunter are both on the court with john collins as a five is something that's interesting and then also having a big lineup where it's clint capella john collins and danilo gallinari um i didn't talk about gallinari he did not have a very strong game just three of seven from the field one of four on his three pointers for seven points but these are matchups and uh, groupings of players that Nate McMillan is need gonna need to know how they interact together so it's good to see him putting that into um into play and seeing how guys react to to each other finally uh Lou Williams and Gorgie Jing both got into this game but neither really did a lot this was not a game that Lou really got going from his shooting percentage. He did have five assists, which is encouraging, but 
he just couldn't get his shot to fall. Just one of six from the field, oh of three on his three pointers. Um, and so while the Hawks shot a decent percentage from three, it was a little dis- disappointing. Just you know, Hawks miss a three, and then the Nets would come down and hit a three, and it feels like a six point swing. Um, but just a really tough game, and one where you know KD get, starts to go off in the third quarter, and it's tough to uh, really contain that. Now there are areas that I think the Hawks can certainly clean up. Talked about rotating away from Joe Harris. That just can't happen. There was a play where Clint Capella helped on James Harden. Um, but then I don't know what the defense was, but then Clint Capella just kind of left Harden at the three-point line, and Harden was kind of surprised no one was defending him and just proceeded to drill the three-pointer. And those are defensive breakdowns that just can't happen and allow a team to stay in a game or build a lead or maintain a lead when the Hawks really have played well enough to have a lead themselves or, or be really chipping away at the lead of the other team. So um, just consistency and kind of getting these matchups and combinations out together and, and really playing NBA basketball on the court. It's just something that this team is going to have to continue to do and continue to play consistently. Now, going forward, the Hawks have a really tough schedule. They come home and turn around and have a back-to-back where they play against the Utah Jazz on Thursday night. The Hawks will, will be wearing their new uni, new uniforms, um, yellow uniforms that have the giant hawk from the 90s on front on the front of it and also a new court, kind of like the Nets did with this game. Um, so they play Utah, and then they go on a four-game road trip where they play the Suns, the Warriors, Phoenix, uh, the Warriors, and Denver before playing Utah again. And so we're really going to see what happens with the Hawks. They fall to four and four after this loss against the Nets and going forward, it just gets a little, a lot harder. So we, we will learn a lot about this Hawks team on this road trip, but tough loss to the Brooklyn Nets. They fall, the Hawks fall 108 to 117 and they play the Brook, they play the Utah Jazz tomorrow at the farm. So the Kettlecast will be here to talk about that game tomorrow. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.